0: Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Kristen Birchenall talks with Benji Donqua as we continue our series, Evolving Faith, Personal Stories of Spiritual Transformation. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation.
1: Um, well, Great Eastlake, I'm so glad that you're back joining us today. I'm so excited for you. We get to talk with Benji Dankwa, who has been a part of our community, both near and far. He's in Colorado, um, but has visited and then he has spoken. Um, and so I'm just so, so excited to hear from you, Benji. Thank you for joining me in this. Absolutely. When I started thinking about this kind of series, um, you were a name that... Popped in my mind immediately because mm. um, you just have such a unique story that is parallel yet different from mm. um, where a lot of us have come from. So I'd love to just hear from you to start mm. out. Um, just hearing from you along the idea of we're all given, we all start somewhere with a family, a culture, and we're handed essentially a worldview, a framework through which to see a place to belong. And for many of us, that includes a religious component. And that's part of what this series is. Mm. So I would love to hear from you. What was kind of the the realm that you were born into that kind of what was handed mm. to you?
0: Mm.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Kristen. I, um, and hello, Eastlake. I love you guys <laughs> so much, <laughs> um, yeah, it's such a it's such a really it's a really good question because I was born into a Christian family when I came around. Um, my family, uh, both my my mom and my dad had already converted to Christianity. Um, and so, I, I, you know, obviously, I didn't uh, I didn't know a, a lot about, you know, their religion as I was growing up. Um, it was very clear that my family was very devoted um uh i um i remember my mom you know seriously like on the couch you know with her bible open um like really digging into the word you know <laughs> um and uh so so yes there was a lot of uh, christian um i can't remember the particular like i think we were like Charismatic Pentecostal was like our specific tradition. And I think that matters, which meant that we were more very um in quotes spiritual. Um so we were, you know, all about like the spiritual gifts. We were all about um <laughs> I I hope that I hope there's a trigger warning somewhere, Kristen. <laughs> We were we were all about like revelation, you know. So it was definitely it was less it, interestingly within the culture, specifically, it was less restrictive and rule following, or even like sacramental. It was much more free. Like, yay, we can worship freely. We can read the Bible and somehow f- and and get inspired <laughs> by, you know. Um, by by reading the Bible and so so there was a lot of freedom within it, specifically as a as a culture um you know but but we we had ideas about God obviously that were uh, very um not, not very helpful um I, I also want to throw in here Kristen that like you know as much as we were Christian family we also grew up in a in a in a larger culture so uh, I am from Ghana. I'm from West Africa. Um, and I bring that up because my people are very animistic, might be the word, like very animistic in nature, which what that means to me is that we're very attuned to spirit reality. Um, so we were always conscious of like generational, like the implications of, um, like my my forefathers and foremothers like worshiped the mountain um right We're very aware of the presence even of a family that had passed on being present. like there was this very real dynamic reality of this we called it spirit realm. I don't know what else to call it, you know, but just the unseen was very present, very very present. that permeated. Like the psyche of our culture. You know, so we, you know, I mean, it was the air we breathed. So, you know, I'm a Christian. I am a, you know, charismatic Christian, but I'm also culturally um, very spiritually attuned. (laughs) Um, If I, that's what I was handed. I was handed a worldview that understood in. In, if I could throw out a name in Rob bell terms <laughs> there is more going on here that's that's how we understood that we understood there is more going on here um in you know in, in our reality right now of course you know you know God was up <laughs> you know and you know we, we have a we have a proverb back home we have we have a proverb that um you don't show a child, where God is right so again even embedded in the fabric of not just my definitely my culture was this very real understanding that that there was something more um, beyond us
1: Hmm. I love what you just talked about about always knowing there was something more that being a part of your culture I don't because I don't feel like that was part of the culture I grew up with. Or Mm. I probably just didn't latch on to that. I was much more like Mm. a straight and narrow, follow the rules. I was never, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a part of the church culture that I was in to think that there was more. So um, it was kind of like, this is all there is. And we're the fortunate ones who get to know that. So I just appreciate um, that part of, your culture. Um so thanks for sharing that. Um so then absolutely. You had mentioned before you were like involved in like the ministry itself from a really young age. Tell me about that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I (laughs) I um was actively participating in Christian ministry um by I wanna say like eight or nine um, and, and what that meant was that so, you know, majority of my growing up, we my family was actually a part of a mission organization, Christian mission organization. And within the within that organization, we had like a, it was almost like the kids branch, you know, and um, and it was called it was called King's Kids. And uh, so, you know, it was a weekly it was kind of like your classic maybe youth group. Um, but kids would come from you know all over the community, and you know come and learn about God, learn about the Bible, um, learn about Jesus, and um, but a very central part of that um, ministry was um, us sharing our faith, and um, as a as a group, we would do like these like dances and choreography um, as our mission tool. Okay, I I am eight, nine, ten. And I am actively sharing my testimony as a Christian, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't want to watch the videos or the tapes or of any of this stuff, right? Because I'm like, I mean, but anyway, it was very, very active. I was very active in that. I remember like getting up on stage and grabbing a microphone at nine years old and passionately like, You know, preaching about God and and inviting people to convert to Christianity, you know, which was kind of at the heart of it. Right. Um, It's interesting because I think obviously when I look back, there was something um, there was something um, exciting about that journey, which was everything about who I am right and and who i'm i'm to i am supposed to be in the world you know so there was something really exciting about that and a lot of that interestingly was like was a lot of like weird skills that i was learning you know i don't know how i would feel about like the content now right i definitely don't feel good about the content but i think there was a lot of things that i learned and picked up along the way you know that was um that has been a huge part of who i am now um but yeah i was in active christian ministry from age eight um uh, i am 36 now and it's only been the last three years that i have not been in active christian ministry
1: that's a long time yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep yep um yeah so so. and then you also we had chatted about um within that ministry kind of as you got older into your Mm -hmm. teens there was like specific things that they were teaching you and wanting you to be proficient in. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, um, I had some very strict training (laughs) is what I call it. Like I had a mentor who, um, you know, for probably between like 12 and 15 or 16, um, almost every day of my life for about three to four hours we um we practiced you know these christian uh disciplines if you want to call it you know and i mean we were like i was studying the bible like crazy like i was in seminary almost like i was studying the bible intensely i was like you know praying (laughs) um in a, a kind of very like uh, charismatic evangelical kind of prayers so it was very extroverted and very the more intense and the more loud you could get the better because <laughs> um because god would god would hear you better that way <laughs> um there was a lot of uh you know there was a lot of just oh gosh Kristen i i hope you can you can bear this one but there was fasting um like i was fasting you know for like days you know again just a kind of the feeling was these things get God to come to you. These things help you to get God's attention. Um, That was the feeling was that the more you did these things, the more you paid attention to God, Uh, the more God paid attention to you, the more you were able to get God to do things for you. Um, you know, which for me, that was crucial because we, you know, we didn't, we grew up kind of, we grew up poor. We didn't grow up with very much. And so for me, that was, I bought into it. Like I want to be able to get God to do things for me, you know, and the more you did, you know, these prayers and, you know, reading the Bible, um, the more that you got, you know, kind of in with God was, was kind of the feeling, you know, you got in with God and, um. Uh, but you know, again, it's interesting, Christine, because there was something I, I was I was reflecting on this. I think there was something that I learned in the training. For me, one of the biggest things I learned in it was the was um learning to dial in, learning to be uh to be very uh, in tune, although unconsciously, I was really learning how to tune in to even more to the world. I was learning how to Tune in maybe to myself, you know, without really actually knowing it. But there was something of a of a of a learning to listen mm-hmm. that um w- that came as a part of that, you know. But um and you know, and and of course I'm grateful for I'm grateful for my, you know, my by Bible knowledge, you know, and especially to be able to, um, now see it through a different lens. Right. Like very thankful for that. But, um, yeah, I was, you know, like, I was like a little seminarian, you
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So tell me when things started to change or shift, like when, Mm -hmm. when did you Mm -hmm. notice that Mm -hmm. there was some, like, um, like a lack of congruence maybe with yeah
2: that is yeah wow and i'm so thankful that you're you're asking this question and and i, I would say that I, i've had to look back to actually um to actually see where the shift happened and it and i, I want to say this but i want to say it very carefully it, it definitely coincided with moving to to the U.S., when I first moved to the U.S. And, and what I mean by that, there's, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with the U.S. As in general, but what I mean by that is when I moved here and became a part of an active part of an evangelical community here, it actually, you know, was the community that my wife grew up in, Um, what I began to notice was, you know, when I moved here, I had I stumbled upon a couple of authors like I'm, you know, like I love to I love to learn. I, I'm open like my just my wiring is just open and accepting and inclusive. I am literally that way by nature. Um, and so I was just kind of walking around, just like stumbled upon a couple of books, you know, by these authors, you know, called Brian, Brian McLaren, Rob Bell. Um, And just consumed their material. I mean, I could not. I remember reading Brian McLaren's book, A New Kind of Christian, in 2005. And I couldn't put it down. Like, I was just blown away, not just by the new ideas, but something was resonating deeply within me. And then reading Rob Bell's stuff. But here's where things got interesting because I got so excited that I wanted to share it. <laughs> and and when I shared these, you know, exciting um, insights and, you know, just resonance that I was feeling, um, I was met with a lot of resistance. And um, it, it, yeah, it was, it feels like it was more than resistance. <laughs> there was it was a heavy push, a heavy pushback on no, no, no. You, um I learned that people were called heretics for the first time then. Like I learned that, and particularly these people I were I was reading that I was so <laughs> deeply resonating with were called were called heretics. And I'm like, unfortunately, Kristen, I didn't have the emotional awareness and the tools to process then what I know now. And so I did what I do, you know, which according to Enneagram language, which has been so helpful, right? As a two, all I did was just repress. I repressed all of the feelings of being devastated Hmm. by the fact that, you know, I have always followed my heart I've always followed um, the spirit <laughs> and 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 I have always been led to more and more expansiveness and it it, it worked so far until it didn't work anymore <laughs> based on the particular community that I was a part of and it was the first time that I faced such resistance, and it was devastating to me. I, I knew it was devastating to me, you know and so what that what what happened was that I had to it's it's my most clear adult memory of continuing to split. Mm-hmm. I knew in, I'm, I am I am very intuitive <laughs> that's how I survived in the world. So I knew immediately to not press the subject. I knew, oh, this is what we don't talk about. So begin to show up differently to your church community and then show up differently to people who have a space and have a place for um the openness that you know I was continuing to grow in. Um I I, I never f- I never felt like I never felt like there was a huge leap for me. Like I just stumbled upon expansive ideas about God and the world and they deeply resonated with me and just felt like the thing I needed to know next. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue so uh, if you're a part of that community thank you for how you make this place go if you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message let's jump back in
1: I think I said this to you before. I'm like, honestly, a little bit jealous if I'm being honest. Mm. Because like I was on the other side where those kinds of books and people were heretical. And, um, Mm. I had to develop later the openness as a result Mm. of kind of, you know, honestly being forced to read some Mm. of these things for my job. Um, Uh Mm. I developed that later like in a resistant way <laughs> and so I hear you talk mm. and I it's interesting because we both have a little bit of like trauma from it but from Absolutely. different sides where like I am look Absolutely. at you and I'm like oh I just so wish that that had been taught in my church world mm. this or in my mm. culture and the, the funny thing is is that it's the church world that didn't teach that. My family was always very open and inclusive yeah. and um, I just open handed. Yeah. But yeah, the church yeah, yeah. world was not. And so it was yeah. a very painful process for me to open up to there are things bigger, mm. everyone belongs, mm. like those kinds of things. Mm. And for you, it was a painful yeah. process of shutting that down in yourself.
2: One, 100%. Yeah. The shutting down for me um, f- has be has become more of the work <laughs> that the the evolution of my faith has been re- more about actually re- reopening up to who I always was, mm-hmm. and you know uh, you know m- maybe we'll go here more but i feel like i want to i want to this east lake for me was pivotal in that um because when i stumbled upon east lake not only was it um not only was it like oh my gosh i don't feel alone anymore because yeah there were pockets of people along the journey who who resonate who we could talk you know but i saw a community that was at least trying to live out an open and expanded view of God and of the reality and of spirituality, and I had I had never seen that before. It was it had always been on an individual level, which unfortunately wasn't really helping me then because I belonged to a <laughs> I I belonged to a, a, an evangelical church community. So I I had to keep on splitting. I don't know if this makes sense. I felt like my belonging was so at stake because I belonged to this evangelical community. So seeing Eastlake Community Church was like, oh my gosh, I could imagine being a part of something that was inclusive and expansive um, and progressive and accepting. That that was a game changer for me because I needed to know that I could carry on my spirituality without having to do it hidden.
1: So then how did you, what was the process like for kind of, I mean, obviously eventually you kind of got to a place where you couldn't live in that fractured state. so what happened?
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a trooper. So I went for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I dug my heels in and I put my head down and I just kept doing it. And of course, I think in that there was a part of me that felt like I can change this, <laughs> you know. It was that like energy that was kind of like I can I can maneuver my way into changing any kind of evangelical community that i was a part of to become more inclusive and expansive and um, it didn't work what ended up happening was that i actually kind of reached the end of myself in that journey you know and i think it's i think it's richard Rohr who says like it's great love and great suffering that like break us open and and my catalyst was a great suffering um where what uh, what felt like um you know the peak <laughs> of my ministry profession you know I had a marital crisis and that although that had seemingly had nothing to do with um the you know Christian religious split I was suffering it had, everything to do with it, right? Because it was just showing up everywhere in my life, just split, split, split. Um, And so so that, you know, great suffering actually opened up the door for me to experience uh, therapy for the first time. Um, This was about eight years ago. And I think that like launched me into the journey of um coming to really kind of know myself deeply as someone who has always seen the world as open and expansive and inclusive and um and and open for all you know like I, um that that uh, therapy journey kind of kicked that off for me right um yeah
1: okay so <laughs> tell me then um I mean you mentioned obviously you're married and you go through this mm. how because you guys met through like the Christian ministry you were a part of correct that's, Okay so as exactly you're right. now yep. coming as you're now coming to know yourself and recognizing this parts of you that have always been true mm. um how does that resonate with your partner with your wife Mm. And um,
2: how did that go? Oh, I, I, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before I respond to that, Chris, I, I have to say that I think that, you know, from, the, from that years ago, right, 2005, when I first met that resistance and then I began to learn how to split myself. Right, 2005 to 2013. That's that's a long time of just living, like hiding, you know. And so even, it brings it brings tears because whether I like it or not, I am. I, I am practicing. I, I'm actively practicing other things that are not nurturing this open and expansive and, like you know. Um, yeah. Beautiful part of me. Right. I am practicing and because I'm having to do be diligent and I'm having to be an obedient, you know, person for the for the community, <laughs> for the community. Right. Um, and so anyway, I say that because what happened was that I, I really dug in like. I had really, really dug in for the fear of not being abandoned, for the fear of not being shamed by the community. I really dug in and held on. And so when we're experiencing therapy and, you know, my, my world is beginning to open a little bit at a time, I'm beginning to get open to an emotional world that I had never known before. My Christian tradition had never, ever told me about the emotional world. Um, in fact, it was a absolute no-no to engage, right? Engaging the emotional world was a sure, guaranteed sign that you were going to not make it as a devoted follower of God.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I've so, never heard someone um, say that before. But now that I'm thinking uh, about yeah. it, honestly, like the only emotion that I remember being... Wow. was this like devout sorryness for how yeah. broken we are.
2: <laughs> I, I I resonate yes, but absolutely yeah. yeah. There was that was it, and I mean fear, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> like fear was the you know was the dominant emotion. Um, that you were allowed to feel, and so. Um, but as we're uh, as we're ex- exploring, and we're being, you know, led um, and guided in therapy, um, I-, I love this, and uh, because my wife has this experience, and I wish she was here to share it with you guys, because she has this experience where she literally went before we went to therapy. She was driving on the four hundred five in Los Angeles, where we lived at the time. And she said, I was never meant to live like this and threw it off. Wow. Yes. Talk about jealous. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that's how I feel about. I'm like, are you serious? (gasps) Yeah. She before we got to therapy, she was like, I was never meant to live like this. And she just threw it off. And wow. I don't think and so so she, you know, we later on, we had a conversation and she was like, you know, honey, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she's been waiting for me to really let go. And Kristen, it, um, the letting go was has been so hard. And it, it, in in my head, it feels like it shouldn't be but it makes sense because there is deep like entanglement you know especially because it's so i for me it's so identity related my my you know if if i could use the word deconstruction like was it was so much more, it was less theological and doctrinal and mm-hmm. it was more about rediscovering my the self i left and split from you know, and so it it has been so hard to let go essentially of the fear to to just be present with what always has been. <laughs> I hear
1: you on that. Okay, so now mm. my question is now like where where are you at mm. now when you look at um like you were talking about the identity and stuff like how do you identify now when it comes to spirituality and faith um mm. I don't know if that makes sense you don't mm. have to use words it,
2: right it now, does just, like it does I mean so it's it's very interesting I remember one of my so one of my friends um uh, and I were in in dialogue, and he asked me, he said, um, are you still a Christian? And I remember going, like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. My day has come. I am about to tell him that I am not a Christian anymore. <laughs> um, but then fascinatingly, I actually remembered um Richard Rohr giving a who but has been a huge teacher for me, as I know for a lot of us in the Eastlake family. But I remember Richard Rohr uh, uh, defining what a Christian, who a Christian is, you know, like kind of his definition. And he said, a Christian is anyone who recognizes the Christ everywhere, the Christ mystery. And just before I told my friend, I am not a Christian anymore because I didn't, any part of me every part of me did not resonate with a particular faith christian tradition i came from it it just it just wasn't anymore and so then to re, to remember and go oh my gosh okay wait maybe this continent maybe this is a continent <laughs> you know maybe christianity is a continent and and there are other parts of like there are other kinds of christians on this continent and i deeply resonate with their richard rorian you know <laughs> 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 like kind, you know like kind of you know he probably wouldn't appreciate that but yeah I, I was like i deeply resonate with 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 that expression and embodiment of being a christian hmm. Um, you know, so so that was interesting, you know and then uh, and then my, my wife and I were we were, were on a walk and you know, she brought up something very similar, like, so honey, what, what do you think you you know like where are you at? What do you identify with? Um, th- I, this is supposed this is supposed to be funny. although there was truth in it, it's supposed to be funny. Uh, but I basically said, honey, I, I think I gave like two-thirds of my life to this. So if there's another way of being a Christian, I would like to continue with that because I I, that's gonna be a bummer to go try something else. Not that I don't want something else, but that's gonna be a real bummer. <laughs> so hopefully that's funny. We had a, we had a good laugh about that, you know. But there was some truth to that where I was like, if there is a world where spirituality can be integrated. And I and I can just stay, you know, like it, it just stay in the on the continent, you know, somewhere super close to the shore, <laughs> but embody, you know, embody a, a new kind of spirituality that is integrative, and I I want that, you know, so. Oh
1: my gosh, that feels like me so much. Does that help? <laughs> I'm so thankful for those like words that you just used because, like, mm. that's how I felt too. Of just is there a way it's not all bad so what parts of it still are good still provide Mm -hmm. guidance for my life inspiration for how to live um so i appreciate hearing that from you yeah so what kind of like um if any i'm just curious what kinds of like practices or things are involved in your current where you currently are um you know Mm -hmm. we had a good laugh about the fasting and praying a certain way Mm -hmm. and all those things Mm -hmm. that were kind of ingrained in us have you found Mm -hmm. things that feel right and good now that have helped you connect with that spiritual Mm -hmm. part of who you are
2: Mm, yeah that's um that is probably the hardest thing for me right now um and it's it's interesting um I actually I actually told my wife i said wow i didn't realize how much i would suck at spiritual practice that wasn't driven by fear <laughs> that is about my well-being and my connection to ultimate reality. Um and so where I'm at now is I think a huge part of my spiritual practice that was kind of a catalyst of being in therapy was just being able to listen to myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Just ha- have some have some time to just be quiet and really just some so breathing, you know, some breath work, Um, some, you know, breath work with journaling and being able to just listen to all that is happening deep within me. I think that was that has remained because it was spurred on by therapy. Right. So that there was an initial obvious motivation to get that right. <laughs> you know, and so. So that has remained, but has been incredibly, incredibly helpful for me, um, just to be able to sit and and just breathe and 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 sit with it. Um, another one that is um, another one that's really I'm trying to really integrate with. I'm trying to allow myself to know, like, wow, Benji, this is important. Is is um, and I can't remember who who this quote is attributed to, but it says God. God shows up in your life as your life, something like that, like God comes to you as your life. And, and like, wow, I feel like it's one of those quotes that like keeps sinking deeper and deeper and deeper hmm. to remind me that being present to my family it is a spiritual practice, being present deeply to my kids Um, which, which is, which is not easy for me, (laughs) like, uh, if I could just be vulnerable, like, and so it makes sense. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes sense because it's so hard for me, but to hear that God is showing up or ultimate reality is showing up as my family. I'm trying to sit with that one.
1: That's so good. I tried to say something similar to that, but it wasn't nearly Mm. as eloquent. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. Um, The one last question, I'm thinking about what you just talked about in that, like the continent and like may not want to be in New York, but maybe California Mm -hmm. sounds good. Um, Are there specific things like that you still hold when it comes to Mm. Christ or Jesus in revolving? Because that is kind of the... Mm-hmm. I mean there's lots that is Absolutely. has become Christian. <laughs> but yeah. Um what parts of of that do you still hold?
2: Yeah. I you know, I think that my I think my my, my appreciation for the scriptures. Um as a way of see, seeing reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'm I'm like I'm like oh my goodness like i can see myself now in in it from a um uh, very interestingly almost from like an evolutionary kind of thing like i can see myself from a very um from not from not really evolved to like growing in and expanding like that is for me i that is so weaved in and all of it so it makes me i I don't know that i would i would be as devoted now as i was when i was 12 to to scripture reading (laughs) but so i'm thankful for what i got you know in that regard uh because it I'll, i'll be literally doing the dishes and then i go oh my goodness i see the themes of vulnerability in there although my tradition didn't teach me from the scriptures i can see the themes of evolving in consciousness you know i can see that in there um so that's been that's been one you know one that's like remained you know um i, I had to recently go you know, i had to recently go to my wife and confess that i didn't feel the same kind of passionate I can't even believe I'm about to say this right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel the same kind of passionate fever for Jesus as I felt before. Although I I and yet in there was a there was a confessional in that because I was admitting that my my tradition gave me things I needed to know about Jesus. But I I, the, I, feel like there is more to what I was giving that I want to deeply embody and and see differently in the life of Jesus, right? People that I really respect, authors that I really resonate with, like, like a glove, you know, like it fits. I have heard them talk about Jesus, a Jesus that I was not taught. And I... And I don't wanna do the same thing where I just jump on just to kind of memorize the teaching without really embodying it, you know? Um, and so there's a part of me that really wants to re-engage with the kind of the story of Jesus, you know, and the teachings of Jesus um, in, in an honest way from 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 where I'm at now.
1: Maybe you should write a book a, on what you discovered. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember when you first came to Eastlake and we were eating That we were eating Mexican food afterwards. And I was, mm-hmm. I got to sit on the end by you and you were talking about rereading the Bible and seeing those themes of like vulnerability of wellness and like Absolutely. all of these things. And that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, maybe I should re-look at it. And so I'm thankful mm-hmm. that you have voiced that in wow. the past and that you're still wow. thinking about that now because that was mm-hmm. um, a moment for me too, was hearing mm-hmm. you say that, I don't know, what was that, mm-hmm. two years ago or a year and a half mm-hmm. ago? So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have come to, uh, and I, I don't know if this is just, um, I've I have, I have had to come and settle in the reality that like spirituality is very, very, very important to me. <laughs> I've I've tried to shake it off and it's not shaken. <laughs> so, and so I have come to accept that there is a deep longing and a hunger and a thirst in my heart. And I think that I think that is probably at the core of humanity, but I definitely feel like you know i i i have always had that you know i've always felt this um, this sense of awe you know and and magic recently I, I told my wife i was like i was handed a a, a magical world and i don't mean that in like a pre rational sort of way but this thing is enchanted you know Um, I I have experienced things that I, you know, for me, the feeling that there is more going on here is here to stay Hmm. because I have felt things and experienced things and known things that um, left me quite in awe. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good way to say that. Yeah.
1: I think that's a perfect way to say it. And I'm so thankful. Um, thank you for talking with me through all of this mm-hmm. and for sharing where you came from. This is exactly why for like this was why I was excited for you to hear more from Benji because I just, I so love and resonate with the things that you have shared today. So thank you for your time. Thanks for being a part of this community. Um, we're just, we're grateful for you.
2: I'm grateful for Eastlake. So thank you. Well,
1: let's you, talk Christine. soon. Not as long as it's
2: been. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. This is your Don't
0: forget we've come. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com donate.